lovely music for a murder or two or three or nine. I want you to meet a dear friend, Dr. Vibes, who samples the finer things of life in his own inimitable way and experiments with fascinating instruments of death. Are you ready for Dr. Five? Probably the most terrifying motion picture you'll ever see. What if one of you is the monster? Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are... A, a Very British Horror. horror. Now, I want to say what we're going to talk about. Go on then. What are we going to talk about, Chris? I'm going to see if I'm you, I can see, see if I get the word right. I'm going to talk about the abominable Dr. Fibes. You did get it right. Thank and you. You've been struggling with Fibes so much <laughs> as well. <laughs> okay, so uh, abominable. See, I can't say it now. <laughs> abominable Dr. Fibes, um, 1971 film. Um, again, it's American international pictures. American British pictures. Yes, by international, it means British. And this is definitely British on account of the fact that it's filmed here. Virtually all the cast are British. The director's British. The director is British, yeah. yeah. Vincent Price, Joseph Cotton, less British. Less British, but, well, yeah. it's good enough. I agree. <laughs> So um, I think what we'd probably do to begin with, I, th- I think this is this is quite a odd film, and um, I think especially if you haven't seen it, um, spoilers by the way, as always, because there's going to be, you know, we're talking about a film, it's difficult not to spoil it. Um, yeah, it's it's quite an odd film. So I think it might be worth just sort of well, doing a not. very quick synopsis. Actually, synopsis-wise, it, it's not that odd. So it's not, it's quite easy. Yeah. So what you've got is a lot of murders of eminent surgeons, doctors in 1920s London. Yeah. And these murders are perpetrated by a maniac called Dr. Anton Fibes, played by Vincent Price. Yeah. And the the reason he's doing these murders is because he believes that this team of surgeons and nurse were unable to um, rescue and, well, and well, heal co- his wife. He's correct. They were unable to. Yeah. to but he's he's taken it a bit personally and, and, and has decided that his they killed his wife. And he's himself been horrifically injured in a car crash as he raced back from Switzerland. Yeah. And so... Assumed he, dead as well. But in fact, he's not dead, but he's um, been very badly um, maimed. He, yeah. in fact, has lost the, um, the use of his voice and yeah. he, he has um, a, a horrific burn-type injury over his whole face. Yeah. Which only you see at the end, but you also see in the poster and the yeah. trailer. So. Yeah, so it's not really... No, it's pretty obvious what it actually looks like. 
Yeah. And, and he looks, and quite ingeniously, his character looks like Vincent Price for most of the film <laughs> because he, he puts like a fake face on yeah. that looks like Vincent Price. And he speaks like Vincent Price because he, he sticks a plug into his neck and um, Vincent Price's voice plays out of the gramophone. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's the gist. Um, and Which means that Vincent Price is acting in mime, basically, for the film. Yeah, and then I think you'll find it's about 30 minutes before Vincent Price actually says anything. And it's, it's at least 10 minutes before anybody says anything. The, yeah. o- the opening of the film is entirely silent. The yeah. first murder. Yep. So, um, and, and why this is different, it, 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 this is clearly not a traditional English Gothic type story. No, not at all. Um, we're obviously dealing with a serial mean, killer, but it's, yeah, so it's so almost a prototype slasher film. Th- yeah, almost. I mean, there's there's lots of yes, I mean, there's 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 people getting killed off in ingenious ways. One thing that somebody made a comparison to. Um, well, skipping massively forward just for a second, but not going into too much detail, is the very final um, potential murder. It, it's, I, I was reading somewhere, it's not a film I've seen, but apparently the film Saw bases its whole premise on uh, the, the, the very end sequence. I've not seen Saw, so I can't say. But Doc, so there we go, Vibes started torture porn. Films. Uh, yeah, particularly bad <laughs> genre. Yeah, what was the acid dripping down? Yeah, and he's um, got six minutes to uh, yeah. cut the key out of his son and 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 then use yeah. it to unlock the the clamp. Okay, so this I mean this seems like a good good opportunity to talk about exactly what this film is. Um, I think I don't I don't really know. No, well it, it's weird because uh, it, it it's pitched pitched as a horror film, and um. I think in, in the trailer, it, it, they largely try to to make it appear like a horror film, but it, it's it's a black comedy. It's very it, yeah, and it is actually very funny in places. It's quite it's, gory. It's, and it, it, it is. It's, it's it is very grisly. There's gory. some very nasty. There's one particular murder, which would be interesting to see if we we both have the same same one but if you were to pick one murder there's definitely one that that just gives me the creeps and makes me just feel Ugh. the Terry Thomas murder yes <laughs> and it, that, that's horrible that's really horrible um, so so yeah I mean another thing when I was looking at the, the looking for research on the internet and that I did find one article which tried to claim that Dr. Fibes was a sort of uh, comedy horror musical because there's an awful lot of music in it and a lot of dancing which which I didn't entirely agree with but I could see that I could maybe see music is very point. important in Dr. Fives yeah. music is very important in the Hammer Draculas and Hammer Frankensteins James Bernard yeah Dracula yeah Dracula but it, it's, it's <laughs> different in a different way a more more direct way in this film because um, the character of Dr. Fibes he he, he was a, a an organist an, org, an organist so he was a pipe organ and one of the, the best pipe organists and he has players. an organ in his secret lair yeah he does as well as a clockwork band yeah and he's also a, a genius with mechanical things um so so yeah so in terms of what this this film actually is I'm not really sure I think it's I think it's 
a horrific dark comedy. I don't know that it's necessarily I, a, a, a straight horror so film. So, because we're talking the early 70s, the, um, the gothic horror genre had been um, going a long time by this point. So, this is a partial subversion of that genre, I think. It's not an out-and-out parody, but it's no, clearly going in no. a different di- direction. I mean, I, I say it's not English gothic horror. It's not a classic English gothic horror. No. But we're still, for no particular reason, we're still in London, and we're set in the 1920s, so you've still got all the costumes yeah. and stuff. I mean, yeah. you, you know, it looks visually well, it, it quite looks, similar yeah, to does. The Devil Rides Out. It, it, it loves the costumes and, and that, that, all that side of things. It does dwell on that, I think. Well, the set design is actually lavish, and the set design is probably more impressive than, than the Devil Ride, Rides Out. The same kind of twenties yeah. period, but it really goes full on for Art Deco, doesn't it? It does. Even yeah. the poster is beautiful for this. The original yeah. poster for Doctor Five. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is. Very much, it's not exactly at the end of the classic horror period. Well, I turn the classic horror yeah, period, no. but but you can see um, it's a it's a twist. And actually, in the early seventies, yeah. I think a lot of the most imaginative uses of horror genre, the most imaginative of these horror films, um, were being made just because we're at the end and people are playing with the generic conventions. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely trying to do that. I like to point out though that, that although it's it is quite comedic. All of the actors do play it absolutely straight. There's no one sending anything up in this. Even Vincent Price. I mean, even who, Vincent Price, who he's a bit of an old hand in a lot of thing, lot of films. Well, he has a, he has a reputation um, for for that, but he was tremendously talented. And he was great. Yeah, we've seen which fighter general, so yeah. you know he could really act. Yeah. He could be really frightening if he wanted to be. Doctor Fibes is difficult because he, he's acting he's, a wax mask of his own he, face. Yeah, and, <laughs> so and, and he can't speak. Um, no, and and you know maybe we'll get onto that in more detail a bit later. But he he he's um, even though his actual character is frankly ridiculous, he he's still playing absolutely. His motivation is pretty thin. Yeah, but he's playing absolutely straight, serious. There's no there's no sort of sending up at all, which which, which makes this I think. Which it, which helps this whole film to to work when I think really it's, it probably it probably shouldn't because it's just mad. I think we should also mention there is a sequel to this film. Yes. Um, which we're not we're not really planning to talk about, but we should just mention that there's also Theatre of Blood, which is a slightly different angle yeah. on the very same kind of film. In Theatre of Blood. Mm. He does a load of crazy murders in a very similar way. And, yeah. Um, that one is an actor trying to get revenge on all the critics yeah. that gave him bad reviews. And that one is perhaps even more famous than Dr. Fives. Yeah. yeah. First Dr. Fives. Yeah. But there's no pouring wine down a neck hole in Theatre of Blood. <laughs> well. So this does have that over, over Theatre of Blood. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you. Okay, well, should we should we get to talk about because there's quite a lot of characters in this. Most of them don't last very long, but should we should we go into the characters? By all means. So, if we talk about firstly Doctor Fives himself, I know we've mentioned him a little bit, um, but yeah, he he's obviously he's horrifically scarred. He wears a mask, and he's got this 
he seems to have two holes in his neck, one which he can plug into a, a speaker uh, and, and can speak via that. Um, and there's he also has another hole which he seems to drink and presumably eat through, um, which we don't see because it's quite discreetly round the sort of back side of his head. So there's a bit where he, he has a nice cocktail. Uh, again, a nice Art Deco cocktail glass of, of wine or something, and he, he just turns it and pours it round the back of his neck. So that, that's, that's right, and that is yeah. pretty weird. <laughs> which, is, which is bizarre, especially when they start adding, adding little kind of gluggy sort of noises. <laughs> which is just weird. Um, and he's absolutely obsessed with his dead wife. He has uh, pictures of her everywhere. Yeah. In, in fact, in crazy which, places that they shouldn't be. Pictures which, of her. Uh, and it seemed to suggest in, in IMDb and stuff that, that was Caroline Monroe. Indeed, indeed it was. I was thinking I, I recognise her. It's Caroline Monroe. Un, un, was ne- never credited. So. Uncredited. And actually, this was early in her film career. I yeah. think she was a model at this yeah. stage. So, you know, I think Dr. Fibes batting above his average there, I think. So there's no wonder he's a bit a bit upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and and that that's basically that's basically the whole character. I mean, yeah. There's no finesse to it. No, and, and he's he's he's. Um, oh, but 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 the thing that he does, which is really good, I, I think this is quite original, is he uses bemusement to lure his victims. Yeah. He he, he generally like um, in the case of the Terry Thomas murder we've referred to. He just appears in Terry Thomas's house with his uh, sidekick Monavia, who will yeah. come on to, and 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 Terry Thomas is just so astonished and bemused <laughs> that that he he kind of he's already in. Well, there's another aspect to that. Which surprises. I don't there's, think he recognises him. No, but there's another aspect to it in terms of the, he's already sent uh, Volnavia in, and she's sort of doing the uh, dance the seven veils, that kind of seduction thing. thing. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. she doesn't even really no. do that. She no. just kind of turns up and looks a bit seductive and. It's astonishment. The the murder in the car um, as yeah. well with the with the the hail machine. Yeah. That that the the guy the victim is just so like what the hell is going on? But <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't do because probably if he just got out of the car and hit Doctor Fives, there's not a lot well, Doctor yeah, Fives could exactly. do about it. Yeah. And maybe it's because he does look <laughs> a bit strange because even though he's he's wearing a mask. It doesn't look real. Um, one of the things I think Vincent Price is superb at in this film is conveying... Um, he conveys loads while having a totally fixed expression. And firstly, I think actually probably trying to act with a totally fixed expression is quite tricky. He's doing it with um, his eyes. It's, it's um, great. Imagine I imagine his makeup probably helps. Um, uh, uh, and secondly, he he does a lot with... He, like you said, his eyes and the way he moves his head, and just just simple stuff like that. And and bless him, he's acting his socks off when he's speaking. You can see him actually moving his his throat as if he's actually making the words. That's true. Although I don't think he could actually hear himself. No, he they, all these lines were recorded later. So, so he's, he's he's actually acting to some yeah. script boy reading it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I know in the scenes with, with is it Joseph Cotton? Yes, Joseph with Cotton. The, with the scene, scenes with him, um, they, they did have somebody reading his lines in, so that Joseph Cotton would know his cues. 
which yeah. is fair enough, really. And apparently Joseph Cotton really hated doing this film, doing those bits, and acting with Vincent Price when he's not saying anything. So apparently Vincent Price spent a lot of time pulling silly faces and making him laugh. No doubt to the annoyance <laughs> of the director. Well, let's just let's talk about Joseph Cotton. Okay. We're talking about a Hollywood great. Yeah. Um, this is this is the second build actor in Citizen Kane. Yeah. Uh, the um, the star of Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt. We're, to- we're talking about a, a great Hollywood actor, but we're also talking about yeah. someone who'd been a great Hollywood actor many years before Doctor Five. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at his filmography, um, he went on after this to make some of those seventies disaster films, um, obviously in supporting yeah. roles, and um, that was really it for his career. Um, so his best days were. It's fair to say behind him, yeah. but he—he's he, a great counterpoint to Fibes. He's the only opposition that yeah. Fibes has in the film because the police characters. Let's face we'll it, get on to those in a minute. yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, this, this Doctor Fibes is not really pitched against the finest that Scotland Yard no. has to offer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sort of a bit worried that they're the finest. Scotland Yard has to offer, but yes. Apparently, the character that Joseph Cotton plays, Dr. Vesalius, that role was offered to Peter Cushing. Yes. uh, Who couldn't take it because of the the illness or probably death of his wife, depending on the filming. She died in 1970. Yeah. No, I I think she was... It was was around that time. She was very ill at that point, so presumably it wasn't too long. Indeed, and Peter Cushing, traditional horror star, Joseph Cotton, didn't really ever make a horror film, no. but very famous. Yeah. So, uh, always, it's like to me, this is like Harry H. Corbett in a Carry On film. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's someone who shouldn't really be there, but who who let's, let's see how he does. Oh, he's done quite well. Yeah. Yeah. That's my incisive commentary on the <laughs> casting of Joseph Cotton. Yeah, and, and actually, he's, uh, given we've had a, a run of um, sort of uh, films with American actors in that well, traditionally weren't horror film actors necessarily. Well, that's right, Night um, of the Demon as well, and, yeah. and Die Monster Dying. Yeah, uh, this Joseph Cotton, he's actually he's actually quite good. He's the best of the bunch. I, th- I think he. I think he's he's reasonably convincing. Uh, he well, he is totally convincing as a as a sort of top surgeon, uh, in a way that the other two Americans we talked about just just aren't. He does that Hollywood Golden Age walk where he swings his arms. <laughs> Notice that. <laughs> oh, I haven't noticed that. No, <laughs> no I, I I liked him. And but he, he you know he does really well at the point where his son's been kidnapped. He he, he shows. Uh, genuine concern, genuine concern, and it, it, it's, it's sort of heartfelt. And and, and, and this is the only of the murders, or, or attempted yeah. murder in this case, that there's any opposition. Yes. Yeah. In, in in the other murders, bemusement works immediately. Yeah. Like the Terry Thomas scene. Terry Thomas has about four lines. Aha! My housekeeper's going out. I can watch some porn. Ah! Oh no! I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, and. I mean, a lot of the other victims don't say as much as that. No, no. <laughs> but um, 
Dr. Vesalius is made of sterner stuff. What a waste of Terry Thomas, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, he is a comedy actor, so yeah, you yeah. can see the... And, and playing uh, slightly comedic... He, he, he well. is, yes. Um, well, should we just talk a little bit about his little bit, then? Just about him, anyway, or... Should we save that? Uh, we're going to talk, we're gonna talk about the deaths later on. Do we want? Sorry, sorry. Well, you, you've got the agenda. You, you tell me what to talk about. I'll talk so, about anything so, you like. So I think if we just get on to some of the um, some of the other cast. So how about the, the police officers? Uh, just just before we go, uh, just before we get onto that, there's quite a few. I thought it was quite interesting. In the end credits, the um, the cast are divided up into. The protagonist. Uh, the, the protagonist. The oh, the protagonists. Is. Yeah, there's two of them. So there's the protagonists. There's the the law, and then there's the victims and interested parties, which I thought was quite an interesting way of dividing it up. So if we look at the, we've gone through the protagonists. So if we look now at the the um, the law. So we'll look at. We'll talk about the the the, the, the but, police. But there are a lot of police officers in in this film. But there the, are. the main one is Inspector Trout, yeah. played by Peter Jeffrey. Yes, who who is a character actor who uh, has appeared in numerous things, and um, but who, who really is not a leading man. So <coughs> uh, 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 no, Peter Trout is well-meaning, but he's ineffectual. He's yes. got he, his superiors are incompetent, yeah. and, and his sergeant. Well, his superiors uh, even. Less competent than, than he is, and his superior superior is worse. Yes, and then his so, his sergeant is um, actually a little bit perceptive. <coughs> but, yeah, but none of them, none of them together can stop Doctor Vibes or even protect um, any of the victims, even though they've got a quite a good idea who yeah. the victims are going to be. In fact, um, yeah, police protection in, in this film is really quite poor. I think that um, so some of these police officers really need, need to be, you know, kicked out of the force and replaced with like <laughs> proper actual police officers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Doctor Five does not find it very difficult to to kill a lot no, of these people. No. Well, it takes him a little while before anyone make before the police even make a connection between the murders, despite the fact that there is one who is, is well, oh, the, the, the death later on. But the it, first death, there's stung, one stung to death. By, by bees, and the second one is a load of bats, all of which are all highly common swarming animals that you get in the centre of London. So, um, And there's a theme that's repeated a few times, which is, oh, medical people just die. There's yeah, nothing right yeah. to worry about. They just die, <laughs> I'll tell you. They're just, they're just murdered by bats. Yeah. But, but the police are actually, out of all of the characters in there, the police are... are the most comedic characters. They get, I, I would say, most of the screen comedy. If you think about this whole genre, especially during the the, the Great British period of, of, of horror, can you really think of any films when the police are any good at all? They're never... I don't they're, all, they're always... The, you get the lovable, bumbling bobbies. They're never they're main characters. They're either, they're either slightly officers. villainous or slightly nice, but then they're, 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 yeah. they're, they're never important, really. No. No, but, I mean the, the the police in this do have a big role. They 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 are even though they they're, they're rubbish and not particularly important. They do do have quite a large 
There's certainly a lot of expo- plot exposition yeah. goes through them. That's certainly the case. But I think, investigation. But I think, I think in some ways, though, they're, they're, they're the sort of... The, the, the surgeon characters in it and all the doctors in it are, are basically all the victims. So they don't, they don't last very long. So I think the, the police officers are are the way that the film grounds grounds it in, in a little bit more normality, shall we say. That's right. Because it's quite, a, it's quite a bizarre film. I mean, Dr. Five spends a lot of his time in his lair, which is, like you said, very Art Deco. Deco. <coughs> he can't with his, uh, really talk. I mean, he can talk, no. but not in a very conversational but he's way. His, he's with his band of... Um, yeah. uh, with his, his sort of musicians. musicians, which are... Basic, which are very, very freaky, <coughs> and oddly enough, certainly from a distance, all look like Frank Sidebottom. I thought Frank Sidebottom. Yeah. So for anyone that isn't familiar with Frank Sidebottom, you should be. He was a. Um, how would you describe Frank Sidebottom? A the guy with the papier-mâché <laughs> head on his head. He was sort of a there's comedian. A, there's also a Michael Fassbender film about him, so it should yeah. be quite widely known. Yeah. Although, it, although for some reason in that film he's American, so that's yeah, all lies. Yeah, it's not really based on on. Uh, it's sort of based. That film's based on Frank Sidebottom rather than actually being him. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so any anyone listening in America will have probably no idea who Frank Sidebottom is. But um, he he was a sort of entertainer, stroke comedic singer, and it was quite anarchic. But if you look him up, if you Google, if you don't know who he is, Google him on, on Google, and you'll, you'll see a picture of him, and you'll see what we mean about the the, the band looking a bit like him. So I Google him on Bing. You can Google him on Bing. There are you can use other search engines if you want. Now that's cleared up. Um. So so there's that. And, and Volnavia. And, and Volnavia, who, um, we never really find out exactly what she is. There's there's hints early on, I think, that she's. Also, some—I I don't know if you picked up on this, but I think it, it sort of hints that she's also a clockworky type, robot-type machine. She certainly doesn't really display any and human a, characteristics. But I—I I actually think she's a violinist from his old orchestra, be, yeah. only because a couple of times she does play the violin. Yeah. And um, that was the only insight I could come up with into her well, character. She she just she's just his accomplice and it's and um yeah, she doesn't really display any emotions and she spends a lot of her time flouncing around in ridiculous over the top dresses in, in the lair and dancing with Doctor Fibes. And the pair of them have this quite sort of decadent sort of lifestyle which which sort of there's sort of I think there's sort of a suggestion of romance almost there. But oh, he, he's still obsessed with his dead wife. But he's obsessed with his dead wife. So he, I don't know. I find that kind of quite confusing. There's there's a sort of trappings of romance. Whether he's perhaps pretending that she's it's like a wife substitute, and he would do the dancing with his wife and all this kind of stuff, and it, he's reliving that. But there's no sort of actual chemistry between them because they're both. Fairly uh, it, it, unemotional. So their so relationship weird. remains in mystery. Yeah, so it's just strange, and we don't really find much out, out about her. Um, she meets a rather yucky end. Acid. 
Yeah, so she gets burned by acid. And there's a bit where the... But we don't see whether she's clockwork or not at that point. We don't see her or not. But but there is a bit where they um, look to sort of try and do something with her. It's it's, um, Trout and... uh, Yeah, and and then they sort of go, oh, well, no. Which would suggest that... She's either dead completely, don't worry about it, or she wasn't actually actually a person. But then... Then that sort of made even weirder in the sequel, which we're not going to talk about. But yeah, in the sequel, it's 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 very odd. In the sequel, I think she's she's dead, and he he sort of calls her back from another dimension. <laughs> yes, the sequel is even more silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I, no, I don't think we can answer these questions. But so, so yes, yeah, so it does a complete mystery. But she I means she's the, the film is so uh, out there that yeah. it doesn't ever pose a problem. Well, I you, think that's never... the thing. I think the thing is, is that the film is is weird, and we'll get onto the deaths in just a sec. But the you deaths keep promising very... that we've got to do that. I know, but I'm building up. You see. It's, okay, it's coming soon. The deaths. Yes. <laughs> so, it, but it, it's sort of building up. On, uh, it, 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 yeah, she's. They're, they're um, you've thrown me now because I don't really can't remember what I was saying. Um, don't worry, we'll get on yeah, to talk the, about the, the death the, soon. The, the, the whole film, I think, is one of these films that just it's probably not worth trying to think too deeply about it. And uh, yeah, it doesn't really stand up to too much scrutiny. No, but at the, the same time, if it's like magical unreality, you just got to go yeah. with it. Yeah, and you know. You could imagine that perhaps what a, a David Lynch version of this film would be like. Quite similar, I think. I don't think it would be that different. It would probably be perhaps a little bit weirder. Not tremendously weirder. There's actually, there's actually, rather shockingly, when I was looking through this, there was uh, around about May last year, there was a lot of talk about Tim Burton doing a remake of this with Johnny Depp, to which I say no, leave I, it Burton. <laughs> I think I think it would be great because I really like Dark Shadows, but I think I'm alone in that, pretty yeah. much. And I think following the failure of Dark Shadows with almost everyone but me, there's not much likelihood of them going back and doing something similar. No. So uh, I, I think they're doing happen. Alice in Wonderland too, which is most artistically bankrupt film you could possibly make. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, we'll save that for the Tim Burton podcast. Well, maybe we're so never going to do. Well, we might do, because Sleepy Hollow probably counts. Well, it could count a push. No. It's British. Sleepy Hollow's as British as Dr. Fives. Is it? Well, I mean, it's set in America, but I think filmed in England. That's why the cast is English. That's true. In fact, deliberately a Hammer Horror cast. Got Michael Goff in it, and oh, yeah, Lee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Anyway, we're getting off the the subject. So, um, so yeah. So I think I think the police counterbalance all that that weird stuff. What about the other victims? Before we get on to the deaths, what right. about the other victims <laughs> as characters? I mean, a lot of them are quite similar. A lot of the male doctors are quite yeah, similar. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think you don't really get a sense of a lot of them. Terry Thomas is probably because of his expertise. Yeah. Yeah. He probably did a day's filming, but he gets his character across very well. Yeah, and he's basically—I mean, 
put too fine a point on it. He's waiting until his housekeeper goes out so he can watch a, a dirty film. We've all been there. <laughs> that was it. There was a quote I found on on a website that in in a section of of they they were putting things that they learned from this movie, and one of them said. In the old days, watching a porn film would get your arm tired, no matter what. Because <laughs> obviously he's cranking yeah. the camera. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, he he does that, and then then um, his housekeeper comes back briefly, and he's a little bit awkward. He, he calls his um, projector a draft excluder, <laughs> and and then she disappears off again, and he turns around and finds Volnavia there. Who, um, which which this scene is actually a bit weird if if she is actually a robot in it or, or or some sort of automated mechanical well, thing. Cause he's a, mechanical he's machine. in the mood for love, and then a beautiful woman appears, and yeah. even though she's like an intruder in his house, he goes, he's "Oh, that's like, nice." Well, hey, and, and she gets him to sit down and, and ties, him to, ties him to the chair, and he thinks this is so. fan- excellent, oh, fantastic. You know, I'm in mean, some kind of erotic thriller, and then. Anyway, we're going into the death. We're not going to. We're not going to. The, the only death other. Yet. The only other. So you were talking vic- about some of the other. The only characters. other victim I wanted to really talk about. Yeah. Was the nurse? Because yes. Well, she's the only other one that sort of has more than a nurse. one line. Well, yeah, but it's, it's quite. I mean, this film is a little bit sexist in her depiction. They just say, "I'll oh, go and have a lie down." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Says, well, I'm going to sleep. There's a murderer after me. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is actually something that's quite key to to her death, the sleeping pill. Well, Doctor Fives has obviously predicted the inherent <laughs> sexism of the uh, the, the all male uh, police and medical Doctor Vesalius yeah. team response, and just on. I know I'll put her in a room and drug her. Therefore, I'll just kill her with locusts. Yeah. Which is one of the deaths. Yeah, it is one of the deaths, but we're not going to get on the death just yet. I just want to go back to the <laughs> to the police again and and just highlight some of the, the 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 gags I like. There's some there's one gag I really love in in one of the deaths, but we're going to get to that in a minute, as I said. <laughs> so you keep him hanging, and that's not one of the deaths. Um, and and uh, there's, there's this there's a running gag throughout the entire film. And it's not just with the, the police, although they're they're part of it a, a lot, of people mispronouncing names, and it's most obvious in terms of Trout, who gets called every single Type fish, fish yeah. un, under the sun, and and no one really gets his name right at all. But there's lots of situations where people get the names wrong, and then another character comes in and corrects it. Now I wish I'd actually made a note of how many times that happens, but I'm pretty pretty certain there's. There's about three or four times in this film where that happens. Maybe that, which is obviously the one joke the writers could think of. And 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 do we want to talk about the car gag? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So there's one bit during one of the deaths, which we will get to later, um, where it involves a plane, and and the sergeant is chasing the. Uh, plane in in a car to stop that, it from taking to stop off. it from taking off, which doesn't succeed. Uh, and then he he goes back and meets Trout again, and Trout goes, "Well, where did you get the car?" And the sergeant says, "Well, oh, I don't know. I just found it, and it was the the fastest one there that I could find." And oh dear, well, it was it, it was the commissioner's yeah, car. It was, yeah. it was pushing. I was pushing eighty at one point, and the engine was rattling. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And then, and then of course, the, the, the commissioner, police commissioner comes out and says, what are you doing with my what car? Are doing, what are you doing by my car? Blah, 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 blah. And then there's that really, and this could, and, and I quite, I thought this was quite funny, but it could have been so awful. And of course, he gets in the car, drives off, and the minute he goes off screen, there's a kind of comedic, silly, clanking, sort of silly noise where some where kind of special effects of, of a car breaking down yeah, but it's sort of silly and Inspector Trout puts his head in his hands yeah because oh no we've broken the commissioner's yeah. car but it, but but they, they leave it at that and I think that just they just about get away with that joke yeah, it's, that's quite broad comedy because I think that's that's almost bordering on it on, on being too silly but it is but remember comic relief was a well established part of these kind of films going all the way back to Hammer's Dracula um, true which well, had all, the comedy undertaker Miles Madison yeah well they always had have the comedy and there's some comedy um, minor characters in here as well such as the there's the uh, guy in the graveyard he's I guess he's some sort of grave yeah, digger great or deal, something yeah. who takes them to the crypt and um he says, oh, what, what does he say? There's, there's, I'll, I'll find it in a sec. Here's the crypt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I paraphrasing too much? <laughs> you are paraphrasing a little bit. Um, he he says, that's it. He <laughs> They come in and they get walk around and he says, they'll get the worm soon enough. <laughs> yeah. Which is just like, what's that all about? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So he's obviously just mad and silly. Well, he is working class, and the depiction of working class people in these films is not generally much better than the depiction again, of women. You've got, you've got um, Aubrey Woods, who plays the, the sort of jeweller. The greedy jeweller. Yeah. I like And, and he's great. Aubrey Woods is great in, in, in virtually everything he does. I mean, he, he has this kind of very silky voice, but he tends to play quite a variety of different characters. I, I really enjoyed the way that. Uh, you're kind of you believe he's a jeweler and he's really is yeah. greedy and yeah 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 and it's it's a I mean it's really a plot exposition scene but it yeah does, it does yeah it's there it's there to, yeah. to show the significance of the the sort of amulet thing which Fives has accidentally left at one of the deaths. Well, yeah, we should really talk about that. which we will get onto now. <laughs> uh, before we do, just one okay, last thing. This film has uh, an interesting cameo by James Grout. I don't know if yes, you noticed. No, I noticed his name in the credits, but I have to say I didn't really spot him. James Grout, most famous for being Inspector Morse's boss, Inspector yeah. Strange, Chief Inspector Strange. Or, yeah. No, Chief Superintendent Strange. Yeah. Um, but James Grout plays a sergeant in this who, for some reason, is an expert on refrigeration for the purposes of explaining <laughs> how one of the murders has occurred. Um, but... He actually looks quite similar to the actor playing Sergeant Strange in Endeavour, the prequel. So I thought, because okay, ah. he's dressed in the same kind of uniform, although yeah. like 1920s, yeah. slightly different from 1960s. But um, I thought, oh, that's quite good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I hadn't picked up on that. Well, the think. other thing I had picked up on, and this is a geeky Doctor Who reference, was that one of the policemen was played by Ian Martyr. I saw that. Harry Sullivan. I saw that in the credits, but I didn't. But I didn't spot. I didn't spot him in the actual film. He was in the credits. Whether he just didn't 
survive, or he's literally just because because I love Harry Sullivan, Terror of the Saigons, yeah, yeah. And apparently, Joanna Lumley was 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 in this film as well, in a very very small role, which was then cut out. That's a shame. Yeah. Peter Cushing's granddaughter, of course. Yes. Not in real life. No, in Satanic Rights of Dracula. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe we should talk about... Oh, don't, we don't have time to talk about the deaths. Oh, that's it. Yeah, sorry. That's all the time we've got. So, <laughs> sorry, everyone. <laughs> no. Go on, let's talk about <laughs> the... We'll talk about the deaths. <laughs> right. Okay, so there are... Eight. No, there are nine. Or possibly nine. Oh, well, there's nine if you count Volnavia. Volnavia. Well, I wasn't counting her. I was counting well, cause uh, there's nine potential. himself. Oh, I like them, it. I like it. I like what you're saying, yeah. Right. That's, so that so is quite perceptive. The gist of it is, is that the... Um, there's a bit of a Hebrew vibe in here. And the gist of it is is that the the um, deaths well, are all based on, on the, the plagues that were... Um, Descended on to, on on Egypt by remind me of my biblical Hebrew mythology here. Well, I don't think I don't think specifically Hebrew. This is just the no, old the, the Old Testament. Testament. These yeah, are the they, they, these they, are the plagues. I don't think it, well, yeah, they, they it, come from, they come from uh, the, the Hebrew symbols are, are what what Fives uses for each of these plagues. Yeah, but they're the, the, they're the, the plagues, plagues sent by God yes, to punish the Pharaoh because he didn't release the uh, the yeah. uh, Israelites. That's it. From yeah. Slavery. Yeah. But I mean, I and you'll recognise most of these plagues: the plague of locusts, plague of frogs, the and, and, death and of the firstborn. Yeah. But there's uh, ten of them here when I thought there yeah. were only seven in the Bible. But I don't know very much about the Bible. No, apparently there are there are ten. Ah, what do you see? You, you're the theological expert. I'm not. <laughs> so they, they 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 are they do seven differ. deadly sins. Yeah, that's what you're thinking of. Mm. They do differ slightly um, in that. There are no bats in the in the, the there wasn't a plague of bats sent to by uh, God to the Egyptians, but there was a plague of 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 gnats. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe they thought gnats would be a bit rubbish. I, so I think it's, it's it was, I think it was I think it was lice and gnats to be to, to, which is a bit nasty because lice are a bit yeah. It does sound horrible, Make you but not very visual. It's, yeah, it's not very visual, not very easy to achieve. Uh, well, you, and you think with film. bats, you think that'll be rubbish, there'll be useless bats on a string. And there is one shot that's rubbish because yeah, it's yeah. useless bats on a string. But m- the, all the other shots are real bats. The real bats. And that but, is quite creepy. But it isn't creepy because well, they're fruit bats. Well, I mean, you don't. Very cute. Obviously, you don't think vampire because vampire bats. No one actually is scared of vampire bats. Everyone knows vampire bats are not like vampires. They're oh, just they're, they're just they're just like they're cute. They're little cute furry little animals. Fruit bats and they're lovely and they've got well, lovely little noses and ears. I mean, these are supposed oh. to be vampire bats, aren't they? And yeah, also and also fruit bats are cute. you say fruit bats are cute, but but fruit bats are about the only way of getting rabies in this country. <laughs> <laughs> they're well, not they're not indigenous to this country. Well. The, the type of bats that are indigenous to this country are the only way you can get rabies in this country. Pipistrel bats. That's right. That's what, there's a few, isn't there? Pipistrels. Yeah, but they're, they're just tiny. And they've still got rabies. Like Basically, got bats rabies. are scary. I'm saying they're scary, but not, they don't not because they've got, they're not because they're vampires, but because they're, they'll kill you I, with rabies. I'm not liking your anti-bat propaganda here, Chris. 
The only thing, the only good bat is a dead bat. No, no, I don't really believe that. I like bats. I'm right, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give Chris, Den- Chris Denton's uh, email out at the end if you want to send him abusive email. Also, uh, uh, and um, also, bats do smell quite bad. If you've ever seen them at the zoo, they are the smelliest animal there. They, well, the 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 South American ones are. That's racist. They smell. Well, they do. He's <laughs> like English bats smell fine. <laughs> it's those foreign bats. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I can't say I've smelt many English bats. <laughs> okay, well, on, on that bombshell, okay. let's move so, on. So this is this is the first time, and this actually opens the film, which is um, in which silence. Is quite quite good. Yeah, it's a good set piece. Really well. good, good set piece. Apart from the cute bats, they're very cute. Uh, but you, but, not but, scary. Yeah. But, you know, you, you can see oh, how... I'm quite scared. I, if I woke up and there was a bat, even if it was a cute fruit bat, lying on me, well, I yeah. would be scared. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, the very first... I mean, obviously, the first death is 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 the Plague of Boils, which is um, represented by bee stings. And we don't ever see this one. It's just referred to. The running time doesn't allow for all the deaths, yeah. is it? So, we never see that. And that's just referred to. So, that was that was... Stung by bees, um, and then we've got the 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 bats, and then the next one after that, the, the actual plague was a plague of frogs. Uh, ah, so but that, but that's just not get? that's just not scary frogs. No, no. That, that's actually so. So the, it's Dr. like a vibes. See, this is the thing with Doctor Fibes. He's quite inventive, and he doesn't just want to grab a whole lot of frogs. Quite frankly, frogs are not that scary. They're quite irritating. If, you, if your cat ever danger mouse, a, they're quite scary. In the, uh, if you or, or no, me might be a toad. Oh, okay, if, yeah. you, if you ever, if your cat ever brings a frog into your house, which has happened a few times now, they're absolutely nightmare to try and catch. Really, really difficult to catch to put back outside again. But that terrifying situation is not <laughs> the situation. So it's not a man <laughs> with a lot of frogs in his house trying desperately to catch them all. Um, no, Doctor Fimes is a bit more inventive than that. In pa- a, fancy dress and in a in a somehow he's either heard about or uh, purposely engineered a costume party uh, where where everybody all the guests are dressed in various animal, animal masks. It's like a Venetian ball but with animal yeah, themed yeah. masks. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, perhaps it was a swingers party as well. You don't know, but but. Um, it's and, not like any swingers party I've ever been to. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Um, anyway, so so and he's he's somehow <coughs> Doctor Pipes has somehow managed to become the butler in this party. So quite what's happened to the original butler, I don't know. And this this guy, I think, is it's. Um, he turns Doctor, up without Doctor a costume. Hargreaves, he turns up without a costume. As you know, we've all been there. Sometimes the opposite as well. well I've actually been there party. at your house. Yeah, you turn up to a party <laughs> and it's supposed to be costumes. And your your wife and gave me a up. costume. This actually has happened. Exactly. But so you she, turn did, up she didn't actually murder me. She just gave me a costume. Yeah. So. Um, or was it a murder plot? <clears throat> well, I, I don't know, but it obviously didn't work. But in quite a similar or, way, Doctor. Or, or the the other way, you t- you turn up in costume and it, thinking it's a costume party and there isn't one. But obviously that that would wouldn't be. That's quite only easy. fools that and would, horses. That wouldn't that wouldn't <laughs> yeah. work. Well, or every sitcom ever. <laughs> but that wouldn't work in Doctor Five's plan because what he's got is he's got a lovely ornate and it really is again it's a very work of art 
ornate uh, frog mask uh, and he, he hands it to, to Dr. Hargreaves who then puts it on his head but it's, it's, a, it's a mechanical frog head and it gradually starts, there's a little cog and it gradually starts to pull the, head, the, the mask closer and closer together um, and then he he got screams and collapses yeah. and then you can but see of course, you but can of see them no one realizes that he's in any pain or anything uh, or, and, and, and then, then the, 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 after he's died the, the blood, blood pouring out, out the bottom yeah. which is quite it's a bit grim as well isn't it it's it's well done it's, it's well done. done it's yeah you can't fault the design of this film and yeah that is an effect that is a particularly effective scene some of them aren't quite as effective as no. that it does get to get slightly repetitive the rats in the aeroplane well we'll get on to that in a minute, because the next one is is, is our, our, the one we both think is quite icky, and we've talked we talked about Terry Thomas already, uh, but what we didn't talk about was how he he dies, and once they've got him strapped to the chair, uh, Fibes basically gets a little syringy tube needle and puts it in his arm, and using a little pump, pumps out all of his blood into all eight points. And he puts them in milk bottles pieces. on the mantelpiece. Yeah. And, and, and leaves it there, yeah? No. There was that idea, and he's just sitting there, only just alive, with looking very grey. and In one, one shot, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's really quite horrible. Yeah, just thinking about that, it's like, ugh. It, it, it's certainly the most effective. Yeah. This is the, that's the most effective scene. It is, and, it, and even now that just makes me feel icky and and not nice. And it's not really special effects or anything. It's, it's no, all, it's, it's just a little bit of makeup and and, and, and some like ribena. The, the only thing is, is <laughs> but think, the good. only thing that lets it down is, is I think the blood is not particularly realistic. That's why I say ribena in a yeah, It's not Kensington like, gore. It looks like sort of cherry aid. Yeah, which is a bit of a shame. One thing with that is. is I noticed there's a there's a, a sort of Virgin Mary type statuette by that. I just wondered with the, the four pints one side, four pints the other. I just wondered if there was any symbolism meant in that. I can't find any, but it just seems like an well, odd thing to do. Five stops and he looks at the paintings, and then he goes. I I I I, I interpreted that as him just admiring the art because yeah. they, he was thinking oh they're, they're good paintings yeah <laughs> um, so I don't know if there was religious symbolism there no but I think it just highlights that Vibes is a bit of an artist and he likes that, that everything to be aesthetically pleasing I, I agree and therefore the, the symmetry and having the four bottles one side and four the other side I agree it, it, it's a, a wonderful but horrible thing um, yeah Okay, what comes next? Okay, the next one is a, is, is the death of... And all these doctors have names, which are barely mentioned, but the uh, Hedgepath. And this this is done in... Again, Volnavia is, is used to, to lure the, uh, the, the the victim in that they... they, they the broken down makes car. it look like their car's broken down. Incidentally, just as a side note... Um, Adding to the weirdness of this, Dr. Fibes' car, um, instead of having windows around the back seat, it has uh, a painting that makes it look like he's sitting in the car. Yeah, it's a bit surprising profile on yeah. each side. Yeah. Which, which is just kind of odd. Yeah, another lovely design. 
Yeah, it's lovely, but it, it, it's just sort of a bit weird. And a bit it's quite, quite really attention-seeking, sure. isn't it? Really if you were sure. a, yeah, exactly. a murderer, you wouldn't no. quite make it that obvious. You but again, it's that whole sort of art aesthetic, I suppose. Yeah. But and mag- magical, magical it's a picture of Presumably it's a painting of him pre-accident as well, perhaps. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I agree. Anyway, so they, 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 the Volnavia's by the car looking like she's it's broken down and, and, and um, Dr. Hedgepath is being driven by his chauffeur and um, they stop, to, he says to the chauffeur to stop and give the girl a hand, at which point Fibes comes out, a quick sort of karate chop type thing to the back of the head and he's unconscious. Yeah, he doesn't actually kill the chauffeur. No, no. Which shows that, he, that Fibes is not a complete monster. He's just—he's very focused on on his killing. Yeah. Um, he doesn't just kill random people. So the next thing is he get—he's got this kind of weird gadget thing, and not really sure what that's for. And um, that gets installed into the doctor's car. And well, what do they do? Do they, do they? It's James Grout that explains afterwards what happened. Which yeah. Is like, go on. He basically turns the car into a. Like a, a super freezer, doesn't it? Yeah. It uses the car's engine to, yes. to freeze the, uh, the cabin to minus 100 degrees. Yeah, it's sort of like a weird With, fridge kind of... Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure that that would have been possible in the 20s. <laughs> well, it depends, because... Um, it depends how whether you, if you can you can get quite good results with you can make dry ice with a I, fire extinguisher. I, well, so yeah, if you but I, I wasn't sure. Pressurized. I wasn't sure how he managed to do this and to freeze this Doctor Hedgepath to death so quickly that Doctor Hedgepath doesn't just go, oh, that's interesting, and then get out of the car. And walk then away. this is what I mean about the, uh-huh. not thinking too deeply about. about I mean, the, I could see the because it has another great scene of amusement where, where Doctor Fives opens the door with the machine in his hand, and yeah, and Doctor Hedgepath just goes, huh? Hey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you know and that's going to wear off. He tries <laughs> to run away. Yeah, he tries to run away. But. Um, so yeah. So anyway, if anyone has any suggestions about how this could possibly work, <laughs> this machine, um, do let us know. In all the usual places. Um, so yeah. So he gets frozen to death, and that is um, that's a plague of, of hail. Uh, the previous one was the plague of blood. I'm not quite sure what that entailed, but. Um, Yes, that really sort of covers that one. Yeah, I agree. Well, which one was next? So the next one is your favourite, the rats. Yeah, uh, it's the guy from the Indian line. Yeah. In a um, some kind of biplane. Oh, I think it, it says it's a hornet. Okay. And uh, and um, yeah, he takes off and then only then notices that his plane is full of rats and doesn't just land but crashes. Yeah. There isn't a there isn't a biblical plague of rats, by the way, but. I mean, it, there was one of pestilence. There is a plague of rats in Dracula, sort of. Yeah, but the, the, in, in the the biblical plagues that were no, I know, I know. <laughs> sent on but Egypt, there was a pestilence. But I, I'm thinking of Nosferatu, uh, you see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so rats, obviously, I guess, are standing in for pestilence here. Yeah. Now, little little kind of rat fact here. I do, you know, I do like having my my pointy animal. Uh, 
bloopers in this. Yeah. Those are not brown rats in that in that scene. What are they then? Now, what I think they've done is they've got white rats and they've tried to dye them brown. Is that because they're too small? Do you think? And the reason the reason is I think is because white rats are more commonly are the domestic rats, which would have been tamer and more easier to handle. And you can tell because all the rats have red eyes. And if you look closely, they, they, they've got a very bad dye job in that they mostly look quite white, but with sort of brown highlights. That's a bizarre detail. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought I'd bring that up. I, d I don't think they're proper brown rats. Because they wouldn't have the, the red eyes. See, the, the, the scene is worse than even I thought. Yeah, exactly. So you thought it was bad. So anyway, so in that scene, he's, he's flying the plane and there's some sort of thing happens in the plane and then suddenly there's rats everywhere. And um, He crashes it. And he crashes it because the rats are crawling all over him. Uh, and then, yeah, and I sort of think that I could probably... Unless you had a, a real fear of rats, I think you could probably control the plane enough to land it in that situation. But maybe they're... they're the, the problem is it looks a bit like they're uh, biting his nether region, so maybe that's what's happening, because they're all in his lap. So maybe they're having a little nibble it, down there. In that situation, <laughs> I would probably still land the plane. Yeah, I think you probably would, but but maybe they're they're nibbling away in his lap, and maybe that's not helping. Or maybe it was. Because maybe they're hungry rats. Well, maybe they've been starved, yeah. But yeah. even starved rats wouldn't go for a live human, would they? No. Uh, anyway. So it's rubbish, basically. It's, yeah. But anyway, he crashes the plane. And that, that does. Uh, incidentally, I, I, I was trying to... I watched that scene a few times. You know, when you've got the low-flying plane bit heading towards the ground? Now, I think there's a bit of sort of clever camera angle work there. And I couldn't see that that was a model. So... I think that was just some quite nice stump flying by somebody there. They obviously had a real plane, yeah. so they might as well use it, yeah. So it was quite nicely done, I thought. Yeah, I agree. But okay. the, uh, the, the that's just not very imaginative. What was the next one? No, the next one was The Plague of Beasts, which is represented in the film by um, Dr. Is it Dr. Whitcomb. Oh. What he has is he's one of the people that's when the police have finally got into action, they, the decide comedy to, one. they decide to put um, people under their protection and they go and meet Dr. Wickham at a, 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 a club, his gentleman's club thing, and they go to escort him back out, open the door, and a great big brass um, unicorn head flies at him and impales him into the door. Um, and 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 whereas all the uh, some of the other deaths have been quite grisly, this sort of borders on being a bit silly. It was played for last, wasn't it? There's there's yeah, I mean the the, the characters' faces daft, and then there's some silly I'm getting the body out of where they're trying to remove the body. They're sort of going, oh, easy does it, and oh, let's let's try and unscrew him. Oh, I think that's a left-handed thread. Yeah, yeah. and and then and then there's a guy in the the, the actual gentleman's club who turns on and goes, God, we have a bit of quiet in this club. It was, it was about this point that I gave up on the police as an effective <laughs> force. <laughs> so. yeah. But I do have to say that, that that scene did actually make me laugh out loud, which is it, it, very silly. 
and, he, and again, it doesn't bear thinking about because you don't see anything of the of how the mechanism and how that that works. Well, apparently it was was launched from across the street. It must have been in a cabin well, or gonna, something. Well, it's got to be to get that force. If it's made of brass, to get the force enough to impale someone, not only right the way through their body, but then into a wooden door, yeah. it's got to have been fired with some force. And how would they know exactly when he was going to leave? Maybe there's a pile of bodies somewhere around the corner <laughs> where they accidentally fired a load at other people. No, Doctor. So again, it doesn't genius. make any sense. It's, it's a genius thing, but let's just assume that what he's done is is plan that to the nth degree. So, um, so yeah, so that that's 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 quite. Quite is it locusts next? It or? is locusts, and um, this was quite. We talked about this, the nurse, but yeah. But the so, way, so, so now, she's asleep. She's, she's drugged to sleep. Well, the, this is the next one. So what the police have done now? They they're now in the hospital and they've cordoned everything off. They've got police everywhere, all around the hospital. Police in inside. They've got planes closed officers. They've got over eighty officers on this thing. And um, they're going. There's no way. There's no way Fives is ever going to get in here without us knowing. And so on. I can't remember. I think it's. And then uh, again, a lift, and he's there. And they ignore him. He just says, "Yeah, <laughs> with that. Well, no, he basically just says, uh, uh, "Unless he's already here." And they're, they're, they sort of go, "Oh, well, yeah." No, they say, "I hope he is." Then we'll definitely. Catch then we'll him. definitely catch him. Yeah. And they say, "Oh, well, they, we've got the whole place around it, and there's no way he can get in here unless he comes in via the roof uh, in a balloon." Which I could quite imagine he would. Why haven't you got anyone on the roof then? <laughs> so anyway, they, they walk it along, and of course they go into the lift to the next floor, and there's this um, attendant in there with his his back to to them, and of course it's Fibes, and um, they ignore him. They don't go. Yeah, they ignore Doctor Fibes, they catch him. They don't go. Why is this this orderly and the lift looking away at us and standing around in, in a sort of slightly awkward, suspicious way? So, generally, for a policeman, he doesn't really notice things that are a bit suspicious. But what he's got, because he, he, he's orderly, he's got these two vats that looks like he's like a member of the catering yeah. staff. But what, he, and what he's got in there is some kind of... Well, no, there's a scene beforehand, which I love. Where he's making... With, with Volnavia, where... Um, I, 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 some kind of soup or... Well, yeah, broth. well, I, I think it's... I, it looks, maybe they a, look like Brussels sprouts that yeah, he's looking at. Yeah, and, and just to show, I think, just how nuts... Fives is, he's actually instead of just kind of mincing up all these these Brussels sprouts and doing it. Although somebody in, in I read in there said that they were limes, but they look like sprouts to me. But um, he's actually Volnavia's holding them up and he's actually looking at them and, and rejecting some of them as not being good enough. And and I, I quite like that little scene because it's just it's just. Why? You, why I love that. That was, that was a, that was a that great. Nice, it's character a nice moment. little character moment. Yeah. Showing that how meticulous and Fibes is, to the, even down to the point that he's rejecting the quality of some of their Brussels sprouts. And what he's doing is he's, he's making this Brussels sprout slash lime yeah. thing. So, so then he pours. Well, pour, no, he pour, does this weird thing. Uh, he he goes into the room above the nurse. Drills so, a hole so in the He obviously works out exactly floor. what the what the um, layout of the hospital is, even down to the point where he has a sort of cutout of a of a woman. Oh yeah. Which he lies on the floor. So he can work out where her head is. So he can work out where her head is. Which what? <laughs> it's naked. <laughs> it's that woman's naked. He is naked. 
He sort of holds it up against himself as well. It's a <laughs> weird sort of moment. But I, I was watching that and thinking, what? How does that work? How he must have to know exactly how the beds are orientated and then know exactly where to put it down. In Magical case, reality. Well, in which case, if he knows that, he would know where to drill anyway without having to put that down. To be honest, it doesn't actually it, be it that precise because he just got. And it doesn't. No, and it's not that precise because he starts dribbling his stuff all over a pillow and yeah. all, everywhere else. So. It's a really odd, odd thing. But whatever but this stuff is, the Brussels sprouts or the limes look like Brussels sprouts yeah. to me. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, he pours it all over her face, and of course she doesn't wake up at any point because she's been drugged. Because she's got taken a by the good pill, guys, presumably. Yeah. Um, but I, even though I think if you had it all over your face to the degree that she had it all over her face, you, you would probably still wake up even with a sleeping pill, wouldn't you? I don't know much about sleeping pills, but I'm thinking. Entire face covered in. Well, whatever Vesalius gave her, she's totally out. I'm thinking it's very hip now, isn't it? They've, they've got to have done, done something. It's something bad. Something that's. Yeah. Yeah. So she's complete, she is completely out of it. Yeah. And uh, so he does the only thing you would do if you were a psychopath in this circumstance. Yeah. And then he shoves in a load of locusts. Yeah, hungry locusts. Uh, who obviously. And real locusts as well. They were, yeah. yeah they were proper locusts. So. Again, you sure they weren't just white rats again? No, they they weren't they weren't grasshoppers <laughs> painted. <laughs> I think they were genuine locusts. Yeah, I think they were too. And um, because grasshoppers and crickets don't get that big, so they must have actually been locusts because mm. they were quite large. Mm. And uh, of course, they love all the, the the lovely Brussels sprouty juice, and so much so that they totally eat her face. So just the, the skull. And and which, the the senior police think, oh, we've done a great job of looking after this nurse, but we'll just yeah, pop in and we'll check she's all right. Oh bugger! <laughs> 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 oh, well, that's another one. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, and and then there's quite a hilarious scene. I think immediately after that, with the, the curse of the firstborn, and Doctor Vesalius says, "Luckily, my older brother is dead," and uh, yeah. then. Uh, Inspector Trout realises that Vesalius' son has been in about five scenes previously yeah. and just goes, wait a minute, you've got a son. All the time at the beginning of that scene you're going, it's your son, <laughs> he's going to get your son. <laughs> but what I like about that is uh, they're all going on about how Fives couldn't possibly escape. And of course, um, Fives has brought his little portable sort of phonograph thing, hasn't he, along? And, and he actually says... Um, he actually announces that, that bit of the final uh, death and um, uh, to do the firstborn thing. And of course that causes them to, to panic and, and Trout then sends a load of his officers off to um, to go and track down his, his son. At, at which point it's presumably when Fives just kind of strolls out of the hospital and, and off he goes. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's quite clever. Yeah. If, if it, I mean, it just involves he just he would have to know exactly how everyone's going to react. But basically, Fives knows that the police are never going to catch him. Rubbish. So, so, so he rings the Sadius and says, "This is where my hideout yeah. is. Come and get me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so he's uh, his son's gone missing. Although his son was a bit weird. I well, 
Well, yeah, yeah, maybe not the greatest actor, but it no. was a bit of a thankless role. Yeah. I mean, for the set piece that we come to now, he's unconscious anyway. Exactly, yes. So this is this is the final death. Well, not the final death, but it's the it's the the plague of the death of the firstborn. Uh, and we've talked about this with the acid dripping yeah. down. So uh, the, the the genius of this is that he's and it, this is where 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 in a weird twisted way, Fibes is almost showing a little bit of compassion. Again, you don't want to think about it too hard because you don't want to think about how that key got there. And well. Five says, says, I'll give you the same chance you gave my yeah, wife. You've exactly. got six, six minutes. She died after six minutes on the operating yeah. table. You've got six minutes to get that key out of yeah. your son and unlock it and move him away before yeah. the acid drops yeah, in. Exactly. Which is, like the others, yeah, haven't had a chance at all. Which is the scene that influences Saw, apparently. So anyway, well, like we said before. So, so yeah, so he, get, he gets going and, and, and Fibes comes in and taunts him a little bit. Um... Well, it's sort of, it, it, sort of taunting, but but it, it, the, we're actually getting an insight into Fives yeah. in his yeah. kind of anger, and but not more than anger, he's just sort of like despair. Yeah, and, and I think that's really important for what happens after that. Yeah, because because you're you're right. The, the I mean, Vesalius does rescue his son. Yeah, and then. Um, well, he, 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 the, 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 and then his his uh, assistant. Bob, yeah, I forgot her name. Dolnavia. Said it lots already in this podcast. Well, she's killed. <laughs> but then, and uh, then Fives retreats back down. Under, yeah, but under there's, the, not, uh, there's a bit before that that we're missing a bit where he he takes off his mask and reveals what he really looks like. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Uh, you know, and and uh, yeah, we covered that slightly earlier. But I don't. I don't think that's quite as creepy as it as it could be. It's too funny, and it, it sort of doesn't look. He he's much creepier with the face on, mm-hmm. I think. And it's given away in the publicity material to the film. But yeah. what is creepy, which I think really did work, is when when he he goes back down yeah. into his like private chamber, and then you see he's got the body of. His wife yeah. stashed there, yeah. and uh, it's like a it's like a, a coffin, a double coffin, yeah. and so he basically that sort of clips down into the floor. He lies almost. down next to her, shoves, shoves like a tube into one of his veins, yeah. and and then the blood comes out, and then you see like embalming fluid. Yeah, blood, blood come out, embalming fluid, fluid go in. Fluid. Like basically, he kills himself. So he kills himself so he can be with her. He's achieved what he wants to achieve. And, and then, then, then Vesalius and Trout come out along, but because the, the coffin is disguised, they, 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 they just go, oh, well, he's gone. Oh, well. Okay, oh, well and then they say, oh, what about that other plague, the tenth plague? <coughs> yeah, which the tenth plague is, is darkness. Mm. So we, we're assuming that the, that is, is the darkness that represents Fibes himself uh, and killing himself, so therefore going into darkness. Mm. Um, and I think that covers all the murders. I think that, that sort of covers it all. Um, I, can I just say this? Did you, at this point, were you sort of... It's it's almost quite touching, that last scene. Very and effective. It, and it sort very of, it's effective. very effective, and, and it says a lot about vibes, and although he's obviously a fairly evil murderer kind of guy... You do sort of, you do sort of have a bit of sympathy for him. I, think. Uh, I agree. 
I think a lot of that is down to Vincent Price. You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't call it a three-dimensional character, but no. performed very well. Yeah, yeah. He manages to get a lot of a lot of pathos out of that at the end. I think. I think that's. That's possibly why this film is quite yeah. well regarded. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it ends with a um, a version of a sort of organ version of "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." That's the music I like that. Credits. I didn't get that, but I liked it. Yeah. And then after that, a laugh. Yeah. Which indicates which he might not be dead, and there yeah. might be a sequel. Which, which I thought was a bit crap, if I'm honest. I thought it was a bit unnecessary. I don't, I don't think you needed to have him laugh. Firstly, a it would mean he have to be plugged in somewhere. <laughs> and and I don't I, I, that kind of it just it just slightly cheapens that ending. Well, because Doctor Five well, is thought of it as a laughy sort of villain. I agree. I thought it was part of the soundtrack rather than it was actually yeah. a plot development. Yeah. Anyway, this is already on course to be the longest podcast ever, <laughs> so perhaps we should wrap it up. Okay, so yeah, so let's wrap it up. Well, um, our longest podcast ever, not the longest. No, ever. no, I'm sure it's not it's a world not record. Fast. No. So yeah, so we'll 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 wrap it up with the questions we we ask at the end. Um, so first one, did we enjoy it, Chris? I enjoyed bits of it. It's not exactly the kind of film I like. It's, cause it's not really gothic horror. I don't really like a lot of grisly murders. I don't really get entertained by them. But having said that, it was quite well done. I have to say, I really enjoyed this. I really liked it. In fact, it, it, in term, it was one of my favourite films we've watched so far. Uh, this is one of my least favourite. Okay, well that's interesting. But yeah, no, I, I found I really enjoyed it, and it did actually make me laugh, and I did like the bizarreness of it. So before going into rewatching this, um, I, I did way prefer Theatre of Blood, which is similar but funnier. Yeah. And I'm sticking with that. I like Theatre okay. of Blood a lot more. I've never seen Theatre of Blood, though. We're going to cover that at some point. We're, yeah. So that, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I did enjoy this, and I enjoyed the weirdness of it all. I mean, I'm quite a big fan of fairly. I did like yeah, that, but I find a little films. a little of that goes a long way. Yeah, and it's no real substitute substitute for plot and character. No, no. And again, you don't. It's a case you don't want to think too much about this film. Okay, so does does do you think the film holds up surprisingly well? Yeah, it's still pretty horrifying, actually. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah, think that. It's got the effects are all good. Moments. They're good. Yeah. There's nothing that. I mean, there, there, okay, there's a dodgy bat shot. Yeah. It's the only shot that there's wasn't nothing, really there's quite There's nothing in there that, that really, really dates it in, in as being a sort of cheesy no, film. That, that shot of the skull of the locusts have got at the nurse, that was a little yeah. bit... Yeah. I mean, um, I mean in, in, a, in a totally contemporary film, there would yeah. been, it would have been a bit more horrible because it's a, a skull like that... You know that there's been comedy sketches where that's been the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think it holds up well, and I think the, the, the agree, strangeness yeah. of it makes it seem less, uh, dated. less dated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I can okay. agree. I can agree with that without necessarily changing my opinion. That so, it's not one of my favourites. So, uh, uh, did we? Did you think it was scary? No, it's not really scary, but it's disturbing. It's not scary, no, you're right. But there's definitely some of the murders and that in it are quite, especially the Terry Thomas one, are very, ugh. 
they, they can make you have that sort of slight shudder to them. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, but not scary. Okay. Sadly not. Hey, why don't you tell the lovely people <coughs> back home what we're going to be talking about next time? Okay, well, because both Chris and myself are Doctor Who fans, which you may have picked up once or twice. Oh, yes, this. massive Doctor Who fans. And um, we, the best Doctor Who ever was Hugh Grant, as we all know. <laughs> and so we're going to be looking at the Hugh Grant film, Lair of the White Worm. There's another yeah. Doctor Who connection to Lair of the White Worm, but I forget what it is. Oh, Chris. Yeah, right. Because we're getting quite close to the, the next Doctor played by Mr. Peter Capaldi, we thought we'd join, ju- jump on board the, 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 the Capaldi mania train. Um, and, and Hugh Grant's in it as well. And discuss uh, Ken Russell's Lair of the White Worm. Very much looking forward to this. Which is possibly continuing the weird film <laughs> theme we've started this this time. Yeah. But okay. But until then, if you want to uh, basically have have a go at Chris for his hatred of bats, or you want to disagree with anything we've said, or send more abuse to Chris just because he doesn't like this film, um, you can contact us at all the usual places. Um, Twitter. Uh, 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 at Very Brit Horror. Facebook is uh, a Very British Horror. Just search for us on there. We also have our email address, a Very British Horror at gmail.com. And you can also go on our, on our blog, which is a bit of a theme, verybritishhorror.blogspot.co.uk. And do do give us some feedback, because I, I sit there every, every night looking for feedback. And... Um, just very bitterly disappointed. I'm constantly pressing refresh on the on the, the the Gmail email box, and there's nothing there apart from a few adverts for for YouTube. So and if you like me, depressing. hate bats. So please so, tell Paul. So 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 yes. So just just contact on us on those, and that would be great. But okay. until then, until then, I've been Chris Denton, and I still am Paul Monk. Goodbye. Good, goodbye.